Welcome to the Word Weaver podcast, a literary place in cyberspace where I share tangible tips, tricks, and words of wisdom to help you achieve your dream of writing a book. I'm your host, Louise Johnson, a writer and the author of Behind the Red Door. Let's dive into today's chapter. Hello, and welcome back to the Word Weaver podcast. On today's episode, we're talking about something that all writers deal with, and that is how to handle constructive criticism. It's something that we will face throughout our careers as authors, throughout the publishing journey, and really we've already been facing it for so long because I think writers, we're sensitive creatures and we're already our own harshest self-critics. So it's something we have to deal with. And I think when we talk about it, we normalize it, and we have ways that we can deal with it in a constructive, healthy manner. It's not as scary. It's not as daunting. And it's all part of the process. The thing about writing is that you have to be willing to share your art with the world if you want to be a published author for the long term. And to share your art with the world requires a lot of honesty, and honesty requires vulnerability. So criticism is going to hurt. It's going to sting. We leave a lot of ourselves out there on the page. It's private for a while because writing is a solitary business. But then once your book is out in the world, it becomes available for public consumption. And that can be a scary feeling. But having criticism or any kind of feedback on your work is valuable. And then there's also some criticism that is not valuable and that you can completely ignore and you absolutely should ignore. Because writing, I've said this so many times, but it is worth saying again, writing is subjective. It is not a math problem. There's no right or wrong answer. So everyone is going to have a completely different opinion and approach your work and read your writing completely differently because of their own projected bias, because of their own background, their own upbringing. And you're not going to be able to change everyone. You just have to be confident enough and proud enough of what you tried to convey through your art. Definitely not an easy task, but I promise you it does become easier with time. I almost look forward to constructive criticism because I'm almost proud at least, hey, somebody analyzed this with a critical eye. It must be interesting enough for them to have that kind of reaction to it. So sometimes it can be a really valuable and a good thing. Learning to deal with criticism is also extremely important if you want to, like I said, be a writer for the long haul because you're going to experience it from every single angle. You will criticize yourself while you are doing self-edits. You will end up paying in a certain way others to criticize you if you end up paying an outside freelance editor or you will even get criticized by the public when people start reviewing your book on Goodreads, Amazon, or in newspapers and magazines. So it's going to be there every step of the way. Hopefully it's not too harsh and 
you won't have too much backlash, but even the most renowned writers have polarizing feelings. Sally Rooney, I'm using her as an example. I just finished her latest book, Beautiful World, Where Are You? She has a huge cult following, readers who just can't wait to read every single piece of writing that she has. And then there are others who loathe her writing and criticize it for being self-indulgent, having insufferable white savior type characters. And you just, you really can't please the masses. So it's something that you'll get used to in a way. And then, like I said, just ignore the rest. Actually, I guess criticism really never gets easier. Nobody likes to be criticized. We all are people pleasers in some sense and want people to like us. And by extension, we want them to like our work. So if you don't get fully used to it, that's a normal human reaction. But it is necessary to get used to it for your development as a writer if you want to evolve and be the best writer that you can be. It's also helpful to see a story from the reader's eyes. It's very easy for us to get into our own heads. We think we know what we are portraying through our words, but maybe it's not necessarily coming across how we mean it to. And that's where at the editing stage, it can be super valuable to have constructive criticism and take that feedback and incorporate it into our work. So my first tip on how to handle constructive criticism as a writer is to go through the grieving process. Right off the bat, when you get a really harsh criticism, it can feel like a punch to the gut. If you have asked a friend or a beta reader for feedback, you're really hoping they don't come back with something negative. You're secretly hoping they're going to tell you that this is the best book that they've ever read. And then they come back with, Ah, I liked it. It was okay, but... And then you have that sinking feeling as they relay all the things that they didn't like about it. It is a very humbling process. And initially, you will probably go through the five stages of grief in a sense. You'll go into denial mode. You'll This is our innate defense mechanism. We immediately try to deny and defend and explain, no, this is a really good story. You don't understand. Then you go into the second stage of grief, anger. You start to attack the other person because it's a lot easier to lash out in anger at someone else than to take a pause, take a beat, and consider maybe there's some truth in their criticism. Then the third stage of grief is bargaining. We are always looking for ways to respond to criticism without losing our dignity. So we start bargaining, well, oh, I was really tired lately. I didn't put that much effort into this draft. We try to bargain and reason and justify why maybe it isn't as good as we initially thought. The fourth stage of grief is depression. We start to feel really, really bad about ourselves We think we will never make it as a writer. We suck. We're horrible. We fall privy to a deep sadness in relation to our creative talents. And then the fifth stage of grief, which everyone forgets, is acceptance. We finally, after we work through denial, anger, justification, and depression, we finally start to slowly accept the feedback that was given to us, and we can start to make steps to move forward. 
Criticism really is a difficult process, so give yourself the space and time to grieve. If you do get one of those gut punch negative feedback from a beta reader, a literary agent, an editor, it is tough. So go through these stages of grief. Let yourself have that time. And then after you have given yourself a little bit of space, you have digested what's been said, take a deep breath and try not to take it personally. Don't take it personally. It's not a criticism about you as a person. It's really easy as a writer to tie our value and our worth directly to our work. Remind yourself you are not your writing. Your writing is not you. It is an extension of you. So try to view this criticism as a subjective, outer, big picture, kind of like a ghost floating, hovering above you evaluation of your work, if that makes sense. Another tip or something that I like to do if I receive some criticism is to take a beat and let it rest. Don't react right away. It's really important to give it a chance to rest before you act. If someone has written out your feedback in an email or marked up your manuscript with this feedback, close the file on your computer or put that tangible hard copy in a drawer somewhere, return to it a couple days or a week later when you've had a chance to cycle through and relax from that first initial gut punch. I always find after you let it rest, it doesn't seem as shocking. Rereading something a second time, you're not as shocked by it and you can actually see it with a bit more clarity and perspective. I know a lot of my writer friends actually don't read their own book reviews. This is great advice if you can stick to it. With my first book, I could not stay away from reading book reviews. It was my first body of work out in the world, so I was very attuned to reading every single book review. I wanted to get that external feedback, and luckily I haven't seen anything too devastating. It's actually been quite nice in terms of the public reader feedback. Of course, throughout the whole publishing process, I received a lot of criticism at various stages from different beta readers, editors, all of that. But reading my book reviews has not, knock on wood, at the time of this recording, been too devastating. It's been quite positive. But I know that's not always going to be the case for every single book. And you can read 100 positive reviews and one negative review is the one that will stick with you. So things that I like to keep in mind especially when you're reading book reviews, if that is something that you choose to do. I heard a quote, and I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but it's basically, you should have zero reaction or feeling about your best reviews and zero reaction or feelings about your worst reviews. You are not the best review and you are not the worst review. You are somewhere in the middle. And I think that's really good advice to not let your ego get too overtaken by all these positive reviews. And the same thing goes with negative reviews. You are not one or the other. And you have to remember when people are writing a review, they're almost looking for things to criticize. People don't like to give a a glowing review, five stars all of the time, because they feel like they are not being a 
critical reviewer. The job of a reviewer is to analyze and put your own projections on it. So it is natural that they will have something slightly negative to say because they're trying to counteract their own positive feelings about it and make sure that it is not fully biased, if that makes sense. There are also times where readers will write a book review about your book and then you look at the kind of genre or books they they love and give five stars to and it is completely the polar opposite of the book you have written. So sometimes people just pick up a book because a friend recommended it, but really it is not suited to their taste at all. They like young adult romance and they picked up this sci-fi novel so they feel compelled to give it a negative review because it goes against their natural reading taste. Again, that says nothing about you as a writer or your work. It is really just a preference for that reader. I think it's also an important caveat to make here is that there are basically two types of criticism. Criticism you receive before your book is published and criticism you receive from readers or media after it's published. And the former, the criticism you receive from beta readers and editors, is actually constructive because you can take that and incorporate it into the new draft of your book. There's time to digest it and change it. Whereas any criticism you receive after it's been published, really you can't affect it. There's nothing you can really do about it. Best or worst case is you can include it for your next, your second, third, fourth, fifth novels. And And I think that's why a lot of authors don't enjoy or like to read their book reviews because there isn't anything they can actionably change about it. To this end, it's also important to consider the source of the feedback. Some feedback or constructive criticism will weigh more heavily than others. The advice of family or friends or acquaintances who have never maybe attempted to write a book, don't really understand what it takes, They might not be the best people to take criticism from. Obviously, they are readers, but they also have a personal bias towards you. So maybe take it with a grain of salt. If you agree with it, you can accept it and act on it. And if you do disagree with it, take some time to ask yourself, why are you just being defensive? Or do you genuinely disagree with the feedback from an artistic perspective? On the opposite end of that coin, I always take the feedback from a professional editor extremely to heart. And to me, they are the expert. Their sole purpose is to strengthen your narrative. They aren't trying to make it worse. They know what they're doing. So I really take that feedback and weigh it a lot heavier than I would anyone else. That being said, I did experience a couple times where you want to take their feedback because they are the professional, they are the expert, especially if it is your first book. But really also, I can't encourage you to do this enough, trust your gut instinct. If something feels off, you feel really strongly, don't fight that urge. Lean into it because your gut instinct will usually steer you right. And it's definitely a challenging thing to disagree with a professional in the field. We all want the book to be published, so sometimes you might feel like it's easier just to agree to get along. But for me, I had one editor who really wanted me to make 
the book historical fiction just about Elizabeth Arden and to cut out my whole section and to fictionalize the narrative just about Elizabeth Arden. And to me, I really fought against that. At one point, I wanted to strip myself away because I said they're the expert. I should follow their guidance. But I'm so happy I stuck with my initial gut feeling of, no, I need to be in there to make her story relatable to a modern generation, not necessarily people who would already pick up an Elizabeth Arden book. My goal is to share her story with a new generation of women that might not necessarily pick up a book just about Arden and to really highlight the differences a hundred years later. That was really important to me. And I'm happy I stuck with my guns on that. But that was an example of constructive criticism that I took the time to absorb, think through, and ultimately went with my own gut feeling. Because remember, at the end of the day, only you can decide the direction of your story, not an editor, not a literary agent. It is your story. It is your name on that book. So take it all in, but really hone into that intuition and trust yourself. Another thing to look for, though, is to pay attention to repeated criticism. If you're getting the same feedback from various readers, pay high attention to this. They are not wrong in this sense. If you keep seeing repeated patterns, you might not want to hear it, but there's obviously a clear problem in the story if multiple different people are saying the same thing. So make a plan to act on this criticism specifically so that future readers won't encounter the same bumps down the road. There is not a writer alive who hasn't dealt with criticism. It is part and parcel of the package. And while it can be hurtful and it can really sting, again, it is necessary for your evolution as a writer and for the evolution of your manuscript. So I hope some of these tips help you to handle constructive criticism when and if it comes your way. And always remind yourself that it's not a critique of you as a writer. It's not personal. It's business. Don't let that feedback shake your confidence. It's so easy to go into the self-criticism spiral once you do receive literary criticism. But just look at any criticism. Change that word from criticism to feedback. And all feedback is an opportunity for you to up-level your writing, up-level your skills, and keep honing your craft to be the best writer you can be and put out the best story that you possibly can. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, you can find the show notes at louiseclairjohnson.com slash podcast, and you can follow along on Instagram at wordweaverpodcast. Until next time. Thank you.